Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hello. Hello, ladies. Hi, hi. Delora, we have a special guest in the you building sure today. Do. The one and only Shamika. Say hello. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. I'm we so have talked much. about Shamika so many times. We have. We have. And we're ex- super excited that you are making time to be with us today mm-hmm. to talk about soul later on. I'm really excited. Mary. All right, so let's get into these hot topics. Y'all, Tiger, Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. I mean, I don't want to make fun of the situation, but it's a very sad situation. Tiger Woods mm-hmm. on Tuesday got into a really bad car accident. Uh, it's so bad that he had uh, to get surgery. They talked about him getting major surgery on his right leg and his ankle mm-hmm. uh, they said that if he wasn't wearing a seat belt he it would have been a, a fatal crash wow. um and you know i kind of hate this when it comes to our our great sports um idols but everyone starts to speculate about whether or not He'll get, he'll be able to play again. Right, um, right. And I just saw on extra today that um, a doctor, not necessarily associated with Tiger, but he said that with that type of injury, it could take up to a year or two to fully recover. Yeah. What, what did you think about um, when you first heard about this accident? You can start off, uh, Shamika, since you're (laughs) Since I'm the guest, thank you. Well, I thought, one, what a tragedy. Like, my gosh. Mm. And then, um, you know, it was kind of unfortunate because my second thought was, what was he doing? Was he speeding? Was he drinking? Like, Mm -hmm. Yes, and and thank you for bringing that up. He, they have not found any foul play. Right. So uh, he's not going to be charged for the accident. They are seriously deeming this as a accident, just genuine accident. Yes. Wow. Although he's had issues in the past. Um, So in 2009, um, I used to always say he hit a tree and a bunch of hoes fell out. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That was the year. That's about it. He That's found about accurate. Out about all of his infidelities. Yeah. Um, and there was a fight between him and his then wife. And in 2017, uh, he was arrested because he was under the influence of painkillers. Because guys, just last year, if I um if I read it correctly, he just he just had his fifth back surgery. So yep. Yep. he's wow. been dealing with a lot of back pain and and you know dealing with those type of medications. This is this is not this is not a good look. Ashley, it's what not are what your thoughts? Needed. Yeah, I mean, I definitely 
felt sad when I heard the news. I'm glad that it wasn't the devastation of, oh, Tiger Woods has passed away, Mm -hmm. that at least it was just, hey, it's an accident. It seems like, you know, he'll be able to recover. But obviously, you know, prayers out to his family, his children. Really, I was thinking about because he had just did like a little uh, thing with his son that was very cute. It was Um, adorable. It was adorable. And then obviously, what does this mean for his career, right? I mean, is this now going to be his forced retirement? Because like you said, I mean, he's already had multiple back surgeries. He's had knee surgery. It was already, you know, worrisome whether or not he was going to make it back to compete. And Mm -hmm. I mean, Tiger wants that 19th win so I mean you know he's chasing that title and I root for Tiger Steel remember I had just did as my hidden gym the Tiger doc on HBO Max so I felt like I had a better understanding of him after watching that and I'm like you just do not have a good history of motor vehicles sir like this is just (laughs) and I'm not even trying to be awful but he just needs to pay somebody to drive him no seriously seriously and it's just it just made me sad because I I just again to see him possibly for such a stellar career go out like this is is upsetting. But I do hope at the end of the day that health-wise he's able to recover and be back to his normal self. Because I know they said he's going to take him a while to even learn how to walk, right? Absolutely. Yes. He seems pretty determined, though. I can see after learning to walk, he's, mm-hmm. he's, still, he's going for that 19th or whatever. He definitely has that the mental capacity yeah. to, to be able to walk again. Um, the play, I think, you know... I think he should do what's best for him. I don't feel comfortable when people start speculating, so I'm not going to start, but I just, I'm glad that it wasn't a fatal crash because unfortunately, you know, it's just, I think of Kobe immediately, you know? Absolutely. That was um, devastating. Yes. And so I'm glad that he's awake. He's alert. He doesn't have any recollection of the accident, according to sources. Mm-hmm. But um, we wish you speedy recovery, Tiger. Absolutely. All right. Our second hot topic today, The Bachelor. Mm. Matt James has released a statement about Chris Harrison's controversial interview with Rachel Lindsay. Um. In this statement, y'all, he talks about how he's incredibly uh, troubled by the information that has since come to light. Um, He's disappointed in the pictures from Rachel um, Kirkinell. And he's also devastated and heartbroken over the fact that Chris Harris wasn't able to have a productive conversation with Rachel Lindsay about um, the problematic um, aesthetic of the antebellum South pictures that Rachel Kirkinell was a part of. And uh, as you all know, The Bachelor is still on. The finale is closed, but it's not over. Mm -hmm. And apparently he's looking forward to speaking out more once the season is over there's a lot of speculation going on that Rachel probably was the girl he chose and that they also have broken up Mm -hmm. um and he's also went as far as to say that he's kind of disappointed in the bachelor um franchise as well for um is essentially dropping the ball and having so much drama going on in the season um were you all surprised that he had something to say 
I go was, ahead first. I was. I mean, I don't watch The Bachelor, but I mean, just the, I guess the initial rumors about him addressing his blackness and the expectations of, you know, what he would do and who he would pick. I mean, I didn't think he would have that opinion for sure. No, um, I don't think I was, so either. I was surprised a little bit. Um, I was actually surprised about the whole thing. Um, so thank you for sending me the link because I didn't know at all. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah. And I didn't know that. Um, what's, what's the girl's name? Rachel? Which Rachel? Rachel? Which Rachel? There's two. Oh, it's both, two Rachels. Okay. So the, I guess the Rachel, I didn't know about the rumor that he might have chosen her. Oh, I, I Kirkinale, the, the contestant, Kirkinale. Rachel. Yeah. I, yeah. So I think that's a good look that, um, I mean, if they, you know, he had chosen her, he broke up with her. Like, that's good. Like, <laughs> 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 right? like sorry, ma'am, we're done. Yeah, um, I mean, especially because uh, last week when we talked about this with the Chris Harrison apology, we didn't talk about the fact that Van on the podcast he does with Rachel Lindsay said yes. that he thought that this was right up Matt James Alley. He seems like he probably <gasps> like slave play. And I was like, whoa, oh. whoa, Van. I mean, but that's how everyone made it seem. Seriously. No, so, I mean, I mean, again, I could understand him not wanting to be judged, but I, I don't have anything any. nice to say. So I'm going to not say <laughs> anything. <laughs> You must. I want to hear it. What do you have to say? Nope, not today. <laughs> she, Ashley. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I, I've opened up a little bit of a can of worms. Um, so to your point, Delora and Shamika, I am definitely interested to see if she, Rachel Kirknell, was the inevitable winner because I know she was down to his what top three for sure. Yes, yes. And a girl became, left. Like so, you know. She said, "You're not my person, Matt." Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, it's funny. This is the second season in a row where someone has excused themselves yes. in the last three or four Remove because you had that narrative. with Brendan. Thank you had Brendan you. last season with um Tasha. So yeah, if, if if mine too girl Brendan I still follow him on IG anyway uh <laughs> hey boo uh he and his if, if he and Rachel have broken up I think that is very interesting I will look forward to hearing what he feels like he needs to say further but my larger question ladies is is this the end of the franchise because I just read an article on Jezebel earlier and they're saying that this is quite possibly the end of the entire thing because how do you how do they redeem themselves unless they unless they completely do a facelift right new host really make an actual emphasis on diversity not just say there's an emphasis on diversity like I feel like there's gonna have to be a lot that goes into it for fans to still want to stick with this series and for it to stay relevant moving into the future because I mean the whole racial it's, reckoning situation is here and now and we'll continue but see it's wildly popular so how do you how do you end something like that and honestly the cynical side of me probably <laughs> the cynical side of me was thinking this is why they didn't have black people on this show this whole time because <laughs> they didn't want these problems and that's true. Ba Bachelor Nation is still there, but I just think because of the backlash, because of the controversy, ABC is going to take a harder look at this as a network. You know what I mean? I don't think that it's going to come down to... And their leadership is uh, 
people of color. I think it's actually a black woman who's uh, now in charge. So it I was. Wonder, she actually went to she step down. She went to Netflix. Oh, <laughs> we lost right. another one. That's right. <laughs> we lost That's another right. one. Yeah, <laughs> she went to Netflix. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, like you said, Bachelor Nation is strong. I'm just curious because that was the first time I heard somebody say, "This is it. This is over. Y'all either gonna have to rehab seriously, or the the series is gonna be canceled." That's no insider information that I know personally from work. So this is all speculation. And, also, <laughs> and I think it's also fair to factor in it is completely different in the age of COVID. You know what I mean? Like we are literally stuffed in. Honestly, I feel like Tasha got the short end of the stick, though. Her and um, what was the lady who was there before her? Uh, Claire. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, were they at the Holiday Inn? I mean, and then Matt got. It was something what? like that. It was like La Quinta. Yeah, it was like La Quinta. (laughs) Something like that. The shade. (laughs) But I don't know. I don't know. It should be interesting. But again, you know, they just want us to shut up and play basketball, right? Like Shut up and dribble. (laughs) So, I don't know. This, This, it definitely appears to have been a failure in leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's me that means behind the scenes at bachelor's Na- nation so mm-hmm. why because they didn't do their due diligence or? yes yeah absolutely <laughs> you, i mean and i feel like he probably went out on the limb chris to protect rachel because he probably knew she probably was the winner you know what i mean yeah but in possible. that process he put his entire leg in his mouth you yeah. know yeah i mean it showed his position though it did for I sure mean, it, it did I feel like that's, that's the first place you go that's that's exactly what you that's exactly how you think you're like oh it wasn't a big deal two three years ago or whatever it's always been a big deal he showed up in full form yeah and ladies um do you have anything else on these two topics good to go all right so we we're ready for the recap oh, yes uh-huh. yes so recap of Disney, Pixar, film, our first animated soul dropped on Christmas Day on Disney Plus exclusively. Actual runtime is about 90 minutes. Nominated for two Golden Globes, Best Motion Picture Animated and Best Original Score. Golden Globes airing this Sunday. Up for six NAACP Image Awards. Let me give you guys a brief summary. After landing the gig of a lifetime, New York jazz pianist Joe Gardner suddenly finds himself trapped in a strange land between Earth and the afterlife. Playwright and screenwriter Kent Powers of One Night in Miami. Yes, yes. Served as co-writer and co-director, becoming the first Black person in the history of Disney Pixar to do so. Hey, hey, hey. This is a good way to end Black History Month, I'll tell you what. Um, Music composers, because this is a, a Disney film, kids. Yes, yes, yes. So music composers, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross from Nine Inch Nails, crazy. They've won awards. I think they did the social network and won like Golden Globes and such. And John Batiste, musician, band leader, musical director on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. From New Orleans. Served as co-composer. He's also the music director of the Atlantic Magazine and the National Jazz Museum in Harlem. 
love finding out new facts okay beyond talented like let's get let's get into this cast real quick we have the jamie fox as joe gardner and let me know this is pixar's first black protagonist in his 34 year history okay mm-hmm. tina fey as soul 22 i'm just joking what'd you say <laughs> who was blue most of the time or was who it translucent was, it was translucent <laughs> but hey we still know that was a black man right. um tina fey as soul 22 felicia rashad as libba who plays jamie fox aka joe Gardner's mother Mm-hmm. Dorothea Williams played by ugh, the incomparable Angela Bassett. Mm-hmm. Graham Norton as Moonwind. Questlove as Curly. Mm-hmm. As Curly. Rachel House as Terry. We had five people playing Counselor Jerry. Alice Raga. Richard A. Aoade. I hope that's how you pronounce your name, sir. Wes Studi and Zenobia Shroff, as well as comedian Fortune Feimster. Donnell Rollins as Dez, Cora Champiomir, hopefully that's correct, as Connie, Margot Hall as Melba, and Davi Diggs Delora as Paul. Lafayette! <laughs> Let's get into some I'm reviews. sorry, I get so hyped because every time I hear his name, I think, um, shit guns and ships and da, 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 da. i'm sorry she's hamilton. a hamilton fanatic guys <laughs> hamilton fanatic let's get into these reviews rotten tomatoes 95 percent critic score 88 percent audience score 93 percent of you google users out there enjoyed this film since i've given other people's opinions it is time for ours shamika as our guest darling give me your grade for my soul. grade for this film, I gave it a B plus. Okay, give us a little background on nice. why. On um, why? Um, without well, any spoilers, if you can. Right, without any spoilers, <laughs> like, um, well, I'll I'll say it spoke to my soul. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. love the premise of it. Um, you know, and um, you know, the meaning of life, finding purpose, and mm-hmm. um. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I know it's supposed to be a Disney movie, but I definitely feel like it was for adults. It was absolutely an adult. <laughs> 1,000%. Movie. <laughs> Delora? I gave this film an A-. minus. I loved it. I loved it. I've watched it a million times. Um, although I, I do believe this film is an adult film, mm-hmm. my toddler enjoys it thoroughly. She loves the colors. Good. And, I love how calming it is when he's, um, you know, in the in-between, so to speak. It's, it was very calming. It, it, it reminded me a lot of uh, Inside Out, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, leave me alone. I just want <laughs> to watch an animated film, okay? <laughs> that is all I came here for. Minus all he feels. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> for some reason recently, I've watched Inside Out multiple times. I don't know what type of mood I've been in, but... What no, seriously. <laughs> I have watched that movie so many times. So my grade is the highest today shockingly and that's an a i gave it an a i thoroughly enjoyed this the day that i watched it and i think it's just Mm -hmm. because obviously 
I'm a big lover of Disney Pixar films in general, always have been. But I think to Shamika's point, this film just really came along at a time where like questioning what was important, taking time to be still and present because of COVID, because of everything we were going through last year was just so essential to my sanity Mm -hmm. that I just related so much to what the purpose, the overall meaning I took away from the film, you know, to appreciate those small moments in life. So I loved it for that. I thought visually was stunning history making wise. It was everything. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be an A for me today. I, and really quick, I gave it an A minus because I did feel like it was kind of slow in some parts, but I feel like Pixar movies are notorious for that. (laughs) So I just wanted to throw that in there. That, that was exactly so my reasoning too, Dora. <laughs> it was a little slow, but yeah, I was like, oh my God, can we get back to the great beyond? Okay, I'm over this. All right, so spoiler alert, we're about to get into the meat, the good, good of our recap. So as usual, splitting this into three sections for you guys. So first section, before the great beyond. So the film starts with us meeting Joe Gardner. He's teaching middle school band. Um, he relays the story to his students of when he first fell in love with hip hop. I'm just kidding. It's jazz. <laughs> I love jazz. Girl. <laughs> y'all know I had to, y'all know I had to put in that brown sugar reference. Right. Um, his dad <laughs> took him to a jazz club and he saw a jazz player, what he considers to be going into the zone. And I feel like even if you don't play music, you know what that zone is when you really love something and you're really good mm-hmm. at it. So I feel like everybody could relate to that in some capacity, right? We see that he gets a promotion tech to a permanent band teacher but he does not seem too happy about that his mother though on the other hand who we meet Libba she was thrilled she felt like it was a dream come true her son has a full-time job he got benefits okay um she felt his gigging as she called it was a dead end because Joe loves to play the piano this has been his dream to play um his whole life from what we understand what are you guys' thoughts on this exchange between Joe and his mother at this point in the film? I, I feel like um, for me, what, now having Bear, my son, I feel like, um, gosh, as a mom, I understand wanting the best for your son. But I was like, man, I hope I, my approach is different. So, mm-hmm. you know, this movie has definitely taught me a lot about that because at the end of the day, I want him to be his own purpose, uh, person, you know, and, and follow his dreams, follow his heart. Like, that's all I want. And it reminded me of, um, you you guys remember that part in uh, Pursuit of Happiness when uh, Will Smith's character told his son, like, don't let anybody, you know, take yes. from your dreams, not even me. And I yes. was like, hey, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't want to be a dream crusher or anything like that but um I mean even though she had the purest of intents it was just kind of like wow yeah with his mom you can tell she obviously wanted what she thought was best for him right mm-hmm. and um and I think she it was difficult to watch because she wasn't taking time to actually hear him out right she was just so preoccupied with her own thoughts and her own understanding of, you know, quote unquote security that, you know, he, um, he, he just didn't, he didn't receive, but because he kept pursuing his dream, which is something that every person should do. Mm-hmm. For sure. And we talked about this a little bit, Delora and I did in our recap of Sylvie's Love with mm-hmm. the idea that 
to Shamika's point, you should not let even your parents limit what you're capable of and limit your potential, right? And we'll talk about his relationship with his mother as we grow, go a little bit further into the film because obviously you can tell that this is not new, that this is their dynamic and has yes. been for a long time because he doesn't really refute or argue or any of those things. And we all know what it's like to have those familial conversations. Um, sometimes it's better to just ignore and move on. <laughs> so uh, let's move on. So uh, he gets a dream gig offer, Joe does, to perform with Dorothea Williams' band. Um, mm -hmm. Dorothea plays the saxophone, and he gets a call from a former student, Curly, aka Questlove, who plays drums in, um, in her band, and he lands him an audition. Joe, when he goes, is put on the spot, essentially. He didn't know what they were playing. He didn't know anything. No one gave him any instructions, but was thankfully able to get in the groove. And then we see him go into that zone that he talks about. So it seems like he's super excited. The Dorothea was excited. She said, teach, where have you been? You know, <laughs> where have you been all my life? You doing, you did the damn thing. So in his excitement, though, he's not watching where he's stepping. He's not watching where he's going. This man falls into a manhole mm. in New York City and dies. He was Quotes. cheating death. Because there right. were multiple <laughs> times throughout that that he could have got got, right? Right. Yes. And unfortunately, the manhole got him. So here we go to the great beyond. Visually, we're immersed into a black sky, this ascending stairway to this blob of white light. I call them these little Caspers that are there and, <laughs> and greet us as viewers and Joe. Ladies, is this what you envision when you die? Not at all. <laughs> Wait, that's way too deep for my liking. Hey, right hey, <laughs> this is this is the film. We gotta get a little deep in this film. They're talking about the soul and you know, life after death. So and that's what I really appreciated about this film is because they did take the time to think out, mm -hmm. you know, all the phases outside of this life, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, I did not imagine an escalator to a giant light, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if y'all noticed, but every time a soul makes it to that light, it sounds like flies hitting a, a light bulb in the summertime. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's as if that is all of those bodies. That's how I took it. It's like, oh, you're just adding to the blob. Like... <laughs> That's the way it I was seems. hoping there was something beyond there, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. It seemed right. like they're going into the blob. Position. <laughs> <laughs> Shamika, you said no, this is this is not what you envision either. You I mean, I don't know if I had any specific, you know, but I mean that wasn't it. But I <laughs> I mean when I saw it, I was just like, wow, I guess. Like I was I was hoping that there was something beyond. Mm -hmm. Like that wasn't the great beyond, like you were going to the great beyond, like Mm -hmm. You know, like it was something beyond that white light. Oh, really quick. So Betty White actually has the best explanation for uh, death. She says that. She, well, yeah, what did she say? She said that um, she heard this when she was young, that when someone passes on, they know the, the big secret. And so uh, in just, she's like, oh, well, you know, 
that person knows the secret now, you know, and I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's one way of thinking about it. I feel like I, I feel like some of my black southern roots is coming out too, because sometimes you just don't want to talk about things like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, what, what, let's not talk about death right now. Let's Aww. talk about living life well i mean and betty white is still hanging in there you know 99 yes. years years young so and i, I mean, heard this several years ago but when she was still doing appearances of course well but, hold out um, a little bit longer on that secret betty because i'm it's gonna be a national day of mourning when we lose the last go girl miss right. betty white uh, I have to agree with you guys. This is definitely not what I envisioned, but I thought it was interesting just to see the perspective because I also heard a complaint from one of my coworkers saying, oh, you know, I wanted there to be something in there that was going to tie into that person's religious beliefs. And I said, I think it's intentional that that is Absolutely. not the case. They right? kept this as yeah. uh, neutral as possible. Yep. Yes. Yep. They so did a great I, job with that. I they agree. did. They did. So as Joe was kind of getting oriented, it's like, what is going on? He encounters these other spirits who seem kind of excited to be there one lady was like i'm 100 and some years old i've been waiting on this, on this right she, she, I think she ran past that yeah so she was like get out of the way sonny i'm good to go but joe was really focused on getting back to earth because he doesn't feel like he's done right he he just got this dream gig he's been waiting for his whole life so exactly he's trying to escape the great beyond and be to do that he gets dropped into the great before aka the you seminar as one of the counselor mm -hmm. jerry's calls it because they're rebranding i thought that was hilarious you right yes. Yeah. Yes. like oh even in afterlife we're talking about branding lord jesus okay <laughs> so let's move into our our next section which is the great before so jerry one of the counselor jerry's takes a little spirit joe on a little tour where he tries unsuccessfully to get back to earth through the earth portal for the new souls right terry the accountant from the great beyond declares, listen, there is a problem in this soul count. This man had a, what is it called? An abacus uh -huh. that he was keeping track of on. I had to ask. I don't I even know how good that was. was. I was like, what do you call this? Yeah. <laughs> like that was pretty, pretty old school. This. <laughs> yeah. Pretty old school. Um, so Joe is not successful in using the earth portal. He keeps getting bounced back. So he has to pretend to be a mentor because that's what the souls, the older souls who are there for is to mentor the new souls to help prepare them for life on earth, right? Each new soul develops their personality and require a final spark to leave for earth. So Joe, aka Dr. Borgensen, a renowned child psychologist, because that's the identity he originally takes on, sees it as his opportunity and is assigned soul 22. Now, ladies, this soul is a little difficult. She has had everybody from Gandhi to Abraham Lincoln to Muhammad Ali, shout out to One Night in Miami, to Marie Antoinette, to Copernicus, and even Mother Teresa, who mm -hmm. she apparently made cry have tried to mentor this soul to no avail because soul 22 said listen i have no interest in life or earth i'm comfortable i got my routine i'm gucci so joe and soul 22 they take a little tour of joe's life as an exhibit and he suddenly felt like after seeing this exhibit his life was meaningless and it seems like that was the, tough. it was the fire is lit under him even more to get back to correct his life. So mm -hmm. he and soul 22 agree to find her spark so that it can be given to Joe for an earth an pass. They made an arrangement. <laughs> and so they go to the hall of everything. What did you guys think about, first of all, Joe's exhibit, second of all, 
the visuals at this point? Because this is an animated film. What are you thinking about what you're seeing? Like, so I thought initially, like, I loved, I loved this whole section because, like, you know, it was talk about, first of all, them being matched up as soulmates. Like, <laughs> it was just something about that. And then how they just, like, like, they teamed up. Like, okay, I hope you get what you want. You help me get what I want. Like, that mm-hmm. was just, like, perfect. And then, um, you know, as he's unfortunately finding out that his life is crap. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, you know, like, because living it, he probably thought it was just so much better. But seeing it visually, he was just like, whoa, what is this? Like, like, like you said, yes. like, you got to get back. I had to do um, more. I had to fix it, you know. But then I, I feel like she, it kind of intrigued her, too, because she was like, um, what, she was like, you know, basically your life sucks but you're just so determined to get back there i have to figure out what this earth is about right like, right that's so true like she had missed so many extraordinary people right he was so boring that's a great point Shavika. she was fascinated in his mundaneness right yes yes Laura, give me your thoughts yeah i loved it visually again um and it's all all translucent state <laughs> I felt like uh it was a lot of fun I really enjoyed the scenes where they were doing some pretty cool things and she was like meh sitting at the resolute desk yeah meh. she didn't and care then, <laughs> and then she was like oh can I it's like she's a firefighter and trying to take out the fire and she's like oh I think I want to light it or let it burn <laughs> more yeah like, yeah Hilarious. So it's like, oh, you're crazy little soul. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Fascinating. But yeah, you know, but at this point we are, you know, trying to find that spark or trying to find that purpose. And it was very, as an audience member, I was just like, oh yeah, what is, what is it going to take? Cause I actually didn't, um, come to the understanding of her wanting to necessarily want to see what, you know, his life was all about because because of the mundaneness I didn't I didn't I didn't even catch that <laughs> and I've watched it multiple times but yeah <laughs> well you're watching it with a three-year-old so I'm sure she's like d- you know very invested in having full commentary <laughs> during the whole film every time <laughs> so, every time yeah so you were a little bit distracted um I definitely thought visually I was hoping that this was going to be the thing that kids get really excited about because again it is such a adult heavy themed film to me that I was like well for this I hope kids really gravitate to this and think this is like exciting when you get to the hall of everything I thought it was so funny that you didn't have any of your senses because I'm like how can you be in the hall of everything and really appreciate anything if you can't taste you can't smell you can't touch like exactly (laughs) you know we are humans and experience the world through these things so it was just so interesting but guys I have one last question before we move on what do you think your spark would be I'll start with you oh I mean I would say dance naturally just because I mean the only thing that I can recall ever being in the zone about is that that Mm. is the only thing that I live for (laughs) okay Delora why are you asking these questions? Okay, leave with the movie, leave girl. Hey, whoa. Okay, leave you hopped me on the mic today. You, you should have been whoa. ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, my spark, my spark. 
I don't know if I just have one spark, you know, there's the family element, there's the leadership element in terms of, you know, I've always been a resource in, uh, to people in some way. And so, you know, that's when everything from what I did in community service to even now with the podcast, trying to be a resource to people um, in the realm of pop culture, you know, so, I don't know. Help, well, helping the fellow man in some so way. acts of service, it sounds like, would have possibly been a spark sure. for you. Acts of service. See, this is why, leave me alone, Ashley. This is like, <laughs> I need to have a more concise answer. Okay, yes. I'm but what about you? Today. Yeah, mine would have absolutely been music. It would have absolutely mm. been music. Music, I always say this, if TV and film, because again, we both have this love of pop culture. That's why we started this podcast and TV and film. But if if that is my heart, music is absolutely my soul. There is mm. a feeling that I get from music that there is nothing else in life that can replace. So I would just imagine that if there was some type of spark, I'm like Joe, it's gonna come, it's gonna, it's gonna come from my come from somebody musically. So mm. that's my answer for that. So Soul 22, though, again. She wasn't about that life. She's not impressed with anything. Earth, schmirth, it's boring. I'm over it. But to escape Jerry, because Jerry is like, listen, your time is up, Joe. Uh, we got to get you back over to the great beyond. They decide to escape to the zone, the space between the physical and the spiritual. I love the joke that they do at this part about the Knicks. I was like, I wonder if he won New yes. York. Saw this movie, it was like middle finger, bro. Yes. Like, I don't appreciate y'all. It. it was hilarious, <laughs> hilarious. Um, and that happens when they move up, meet up with Moonwind, who is a mystic. So it's they call my themselves, favorite character. In the <laughs> they call themselves mystics without borders. They help lost souls who become obsessive and disconnected from life, and they try to get them back to their bodies. Like, for example, we saw a hedge fund manager who was so obsessed and then they put him yes. back in his body. He destroys the office, knocking everybody's computers off the desk. That was a very funny sequence. The way um, he slammed those computers on the floor. Yeah. Man. And just imagine, like, people would have lost their minds. Absolutely. Um, so they try to help. Moonwind tries to help Joe uh, get back to his body. And because of Joe's lack of patience, Joe accidentally gets put into a therapy cat because Joe's body is in a hospital, right? He fell down a freaking manhole. So his, his spirit gets put into a therapy cat, Mr. Mittens, and Soul 22 gets put into jail. Mm. So last section, back to life, not quite reality. Soul 22's freak out when they first break out of the hospital, I felt was so relatable because of all the season, all the cities, seasons, Lord, of all the cities Girl. to be dropped into when you've never experienced earth Maybe. in your life, New York City would have been jarring. That. New York Insane. City freaks me out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Same. Same. And I actually put that in my notes too. I was like, 22 was nervous to leave. I'm like, because New York City is intense. It's oh insane. Oh my gosh. It would have been so much. I was like, y'all could have dropped her. Y'all could have dropped her in a nice little farm town somewhere. Like give her a minute. You know <laughs> what I mean? Little cornfields. Yes. Also relatable. That love for pizza. Oh mm. my God. 100%. Could have been fried chicken. <laughs> could have been fried chicken, but pizza no. is right up underneath that. See, I'm a pizza girl. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Uh, they do locate Moonwind, who just conveniently happens. His 
physical body to be in New York. So they get in touch with Moon Wen, find him on the street. He's flipping signs because, of course, he is. Of uh, course. Yeah. I love that part of it. It was hilarious. Yeah. That's how he's in the zone. He's that out there flipping cool. a sign. <laughs> at like, I don't know what, do you guys know what the store was? He was flipping, was it a sale, sale store? It had to have been a cell phone. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. So they, they, they get in touch with him, try to correct this, you know, fact that Joe's in the cat and all that. Can't perform the switch though until 6.30. Joe's gig is at 7. Crunch time. Wait, wait. He was like, the government calls it 6.30. Like, it was <laughs> like the thin realm between the spirit world and earth. <laughs> What's Listen, that? But, but the thing that made him so credible is obviously there's truth. This man knows how to go in between in life and death. Life. Like, you exactly. know? You can't I'm knock the hustle. It. I'm listening no. to everything Moonwind's talking about. Right. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so, unfortunately, though, what happens? Dorothea and Curly see Joe, aka Soul Twenty Two, looking crazy, looking disheveled in his hospital gown. Got pizza soiled grease, looking, hospital gown, looking crazy. And so Dorothea ends up giving the gig to somebody else. Curly does call, leave a voicemail, and says, "Listen, get your get your life together, clean yourself up, show up early. We're gonna try to get you this gig back." Um, Joe's student Connie, who we met at the beginning of the film, shows up at his place. She wants to quit school and band. She plays a trombone, but because of her love for the instrument, she changes her mind. And that really started the spark of curiosity in Soul 22 now that she's on mm-hmm. Earth, that she really wants to, you know, get involved and try some things. Meanwhile, Terry, the accountant, discovers Joe is missing. He's the missing soul in the count, heads to Earth to get him. Ladies, question. Hmm. Would you try to cut your own hair in a cat body? Never. (laughs) I thought that was such a poor decision. I'm like, sir, I understand she's getting used to a human body, but you're getting used to being a cat. He tried. He tried, though. Like, I give him an A for effort, but that scene was ridiculous. Ridiculous. (laughs) But he was so serious, though. He so was. Serious. It was funny. So he had to go to the barber shop. This is one of my favorite scenes of the whole entire film. Mm-hmm. His barber, Des, was beard goals. Can I just say? <laughs> yeah. You know, so many ladies on the internet was was uh, lusting over that Yes. If people lust after Simba on The Lion King, I am not remotely shocked or surprised. Okay. From uh, Lion King too. <laughs> y'all know y'all are a little strange when y'all start lusting after a lion character. Like I'm just saying, Aladdin. I'll give you. I thought Aladdin was cute too. Okay. But um, Prince Eric. Lives. Cough, cough. Save lives. So Des had. I'm Des not saying that out of experience. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I'm glad I wasn't the only one looking at animated characters. Wink, wink. <laughs> so Joe had to go to the barber shop, and his barber Des had to hook him up. But what was so funny about this is that Soul 22, being Joe, had the barber shop fully engaged. Right, learn new things about him, yes. learn new things about Des. I had in question marks is is Soul 22 better at being Joe than Joe? No, mm, that's a good one. I thought yes. that, you know, that, that was really enlightening, that whole moment. It definitely was. Um, I think what it shows for me, in my opinion, is that Joe needed a different perspective. Like, you know, like most humans, 
we make a lot of assumptions about our environment and the people mm-hmm. in our environment and we don't take the time to go outside of those except uh, outside of that box we right. put people in and ask different questions or you know get a different angle and so i mean think about the conversation of oh des was born to be a barber well that's not what he wanted to be he wanted to right. be a vet a veterinarian and you know and to think about happened. possibly how many years he had been going there and he had never had that conversation never and then he and then of course at the end of the session des is like hey i was glad to talk about something other than jazz with with you yes Yes, he was so singularly focused. And I also think it just goes to show how easy it is, to your point, that you stop appreciating the wonderful things that are a part of your day-to-day life, the people that are in it. I think that 2020 Mm -hmm. really put that in perspective for a lot of people, because once you no longer have that, you come to appreciate it so much more because you realize the emptiness that you feel in your life without it. So I think because these people he interacted with, whatever, he started to lack that appreciation, even with his singular focus that you went to this barber possibly for years and you mean you've never had any type of a conversation, asked him any questions about himself or his life. You were not appreciating the people that were a part of you being just in your day-to-day you know, livelihood. So, and and I'm going to add one last thing to that. I'm going to add gender to that. And I feel like granted 22 is genderless, raceless spirit. It takes a woman to ask these questions because guys Mm. will do the same thing over and Mm. over again and be like, Oh, I didn't do this. I'm like, Mm. you, you've been friends with him for 25 years. (laughs) Shamika, did you have any thoughts on this on this portion? Um, the same, you know, as, as you said, I think it was just enlightening. I mean, it made me look into my own life, too, because, I mean, how many times have I been singularly focused on my career, mm-hmm. uh, my career mostly, um, mm-hmm. you know, and not really gotten to know the people around me. Um, and so I had to take a step back and was like, whoa, again, this was an adult movie. And yes. I many lessons. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, So while Soul 22 is enjoying a bit of life, she um, accidentally splits Joe's pants open. So we have to go back to his mom's tailor shop. I don't think I mentioned that in the beginning that Joe's mother is a tailor. Um, He plans to lie to his mom about the gig and about where he's going because, again, feeling is she doesn't approve of his dreams, as we saw even as an audience. Her words cut deep, deep as I put in my notes, they ended up when he got there having to really have a heart to heart. And it seemed like they really turned a corner in their relationship. She ended up giving Joe his father's old suit for his gig. Um, One thing I said is they could have gave my guy Joe some black shoes um, to go with that suit. I actually like the shoes. The brown shoes bothered me. The brown shoes bothered me. I thought they were kind of like a, a, not burgundy, but purple plum no well, i needed them to be black i needed the black <laughs> shoes with that suit because that suit was fly was sh- what the old school people would call sharp, sharp. sharp. yes it was yes. real sharp yes yes <laughs> I thought he was sharp. 
So now that we're at this point, I want to go back to the question about you guys' thoughts on Joel's relationship with his mother, because for me, she gave off Sister Act 2 mom vibes, you know, mm-hmm. it was really centered on, <laughs> I don't want to see you ending up like your daddy, you know, what happened yeah, to your yeah, daddy, yeah. the struggle with your daddy, even though music is your passion, I don't want you to, what she say on Sister Act 2, your daddy dies still singing his shoulda, coulda, wouldas, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was such a direct connection for me. What did you guys think at this point now about this this turning point it seems like possibly within their relationship again joe was in his 40s so yes he was not a spring chicken yes give me your thoughts guys i think that um i mean again her intentions were pure i mean i think you know this scene definitely told us a little bit more about why she felt that way you know Mm -hmm. about his dad and why why um she didn't want him to go down the same path because she's not going to be here much longer to take care of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I could definitely, you know, respect that and understand that. I really like that. Although um, he was forced to talk through 22, you know, he just mm-hmm. kind of addressed it head on. Hey mom, you know, but this is what I want to do with my life. And I don't feel like I've ever been able to talk to you about it before, but yeah. able to accomplish that. So that was, that was nice to see a good re- resolution. And I respect her position also because, again, she probably was, you know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed with his father, Mm -hmm. and they weren't able to really go the distance, right? And so um, knowing the heartache of not being able to go the distance, she was trying to spare that for some kids. That's what parents do all the time. They try to, you know... In, in healthy ways and unhealthy ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> make sure you don't hurt when you fall or make sure you don't fall, but you know, you you also don't have that level of control either. So yeah, yeah. I can tell you guys, this really made me think heavily about my levels of communication with members of my own family. Because again, like I said, when we talked about this initially, I think you can get into patterns with your family and familial relationships. And sometimes you just think like, oh, that's just the way that person is. I'm going to ignore it and keep going. But it took essentially one conversation for his mother to realize you have made me feel like shit my whole life about who I am and what I want to do. And I'm telling you, I eat, sleep and breathe that there, there's nothing else that I want to do in my life, but this. And if only maybe they had that conversation sooner, they could have come to a better understanding earlier. Absolutely. Obviously not too late because, you know, it is what it is. They're there. But definitely, I think it's a, a moment of pause of like, how are you? Because I think sometimes too, when we talk about family, you are less likely to have those conversations with family than you even are with like friends, coworkers, whatever. We will resolve issues with those people. We'll let family issues fester forever. forever. You know what I Absolutely. mean? So... I'm definitely glad that it seems like they came to a point where they understood each other and that his mother really only wanted the best for him. But as you said, Dolores, sometimes the love is not always seen in the healthiest of ways. No. And the last thing I'm going to say to that, especially when it comes to family relationships, mm-hmm. timing is seemingly always off, right? So when you're ready to ask, why do you stand for that position? Sometimes you are not greeted <laughs> yeah. with a, a, a genuine answer for mm-hmm. whatever reason you know and so I think when it when it comes to family relationships it's like the timing 
who knows whenever the timing is, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. to have those really important conversations. And that's why sometimes a, a clinical therapist is necessary. Third party. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Get us over that. Outside hump. of our home. Yes. <laughs> help get us over that hump, you know, and help us be able to talk to each other without, you know, words getting a little aggressive um, because we have that as well Um, so just moving on a little bit we realize that soul 22 all this time she's been saying she's not interested in living but it's really she felt like she wasn't good enough to live Mm. and really fell in love though with life on earth being joe and we see her wanting to stay longer because she feels like you know all these all these years i haven't found my spark being here that's what's going to give me my spark Unfortunately, though, as she's trying to run away, because again, she's Joe in Joe's body and uh, Mr. Mittens, aka Joe, is chasing her as a cat. Terry, damn Terry, gets them in the subway, drops them back into the great before. But once they get there, Soul 22 now has that Earth pass. So being on Earth really did give her that final spark she needed. But mm-hmm. Joe feels like, listen, you only got this because you were in my body. You only fell in love with life because you were in my body. You would have never had this on your own. So she gets upset. She gives him her earth pass anyway. Jerry, one of the Jerry's, informs Joe that the spark is not actually one's purpose. She said that's so, what she say, like, Mon- not meant mundane but like like simple-minded so almost mm-hmm. yeah it's like basic. So basic yeah like that's not what this whole thing is about so joe takes the pass gets back to his body in time to perform for the gig afterwards though of a lifetime afterwards he does not feel how he thought he would this is a profound moment when you reach the mountaintop and you have the thing you thought you always wanted he tells her, this is it. This is it. This is all. He's outside of the front with Dorothea. Dorothea said, he was like, uh, what do we do now? She said, we're coming back and do this again tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Dorothea, your job. <laughs> yeah. Dorothea relates a story to him about a young fish and an old fish. Mm-hmm. Young fish tells the old fish, he wants the ocean, right? The old fish tells him, but you're, you're in the ocean right now. He says, no, 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 no. This is just water. I want the ocean. Give me you guys' thoughts when you heard this story from Dorothea. I cried. Did you cry? Like, I'm, you know, probably more so internally than externally, but I cried. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how many times a day are you feeling like, what's my purpose? Or this mm-hmm. one thing that I'm focused on that I feel that I'm so good at. It, this is my purpose. This is my life right? What's next? Like, how big am I supposed to be? And in reality, none of that matters. Your whole purpose is that you're here. You're in the ocean. Like, what are you you looking for? Like, oh my God, that just, it it made me look at my, I I mean, I had already left my job, but it made me feel like that's why I left my job. Like, this is my purpose, living in the moment, Mm. spending time with my friends and my family and like, just living my life. Like, what am I looking for? You I'm better here. preach, Shamika. I'm feeling all the feelings right Absolutely. now. <laughs> Absolutely. All my feels. Like, yeah. Delora? Well, even to the point, going back a little bit, when Jerry told Joe that, you know, when he was equating the spark to purpose and he's saying it's so basic, I, I actually recently saw a video on Instagram and it really spoke to me. And it, it's 
a young lady pretty much saying, you are worthy mm. now. You mm. are worthy now. I think you not sent that you, to us, Delora. I did. Yes. I did. Not when you lose 20 pounds, not when you get the degree, not when you, not when you, you, you because you are alive today, you are worthy. Amen. And that is something that I had to really learn, especially in the last three years, like my value is not associated with my productivity. Because my productivity isn't necessarily um you know something that you get at the end of the week right it's like it's like a seed that has been buried and I probably won't see the benefits <laughs> until another 18 years Lord Jesus <laughs> so I say that to say um it was just so powerful mm-hmm. to, to understand like because I think I think our generation definitely have drink the Kool-Aid on like the purpose and the grind and the this and the that. And I feel like this pandemic has put all of that to a screeching halt. Mm -hmm. It has allowed a lot of people to look around and be like, how am I going to spend my life? Because exactly. Death is outside our door. Absolutely. Absolutely. The mortality is there for sure. And again, even for those of us who are in the house, all this and that, all that time, what is it that actually makes me happy? It is not working because I'm doing that for those who've lost their job. That is a burden, but it's like, those are not the key things that as a human being lift and feel your spirit. When you think about the best moments of your life, they usually involve an experience or a relationship with in relation to someone else right it is those moments you spend with your family those moments you spend with your friends those vacations you took together those things you guys still kiki about years later because i still have those friends and i talk about something hilarious that happened in elementary school um (laughs) those are the things that when i have my exhibit at the end of my life as joe those are the things that will fulfill me right not these senses of accomplishment that are fleeting Mm-hmm. yes and it was so valuable and Dorothea got in the cab after that because I was like that was a mic drop it was she said see you tomorrow <laughs> listen see you tomorrow. I said what I said and I hope you receive it in this moment to understand that this that you've been chasing your whole life you've been missing all of the moments that really mattered along the way it's always been about the journey baby always always so Joe plays the piano to get back to the zone to find 22 because after his talk with Dorothy and after him not feeling how he thought he realizes he was wrong so he wants to find 22 who Moonwind informs him is now unfortunately a lost soul she is obsessive about not being enough about not being good enough it takes Joe going in purpose not having a purpose it takes Joe going in to be able to really pull her back out of that grief and move on head to earth because again she's a new soul she's never been able to live yet right and what would that would have been that would have been a tragedy so we do see her get to take the earth pass ascend down with holding joe's hand until he's inevitably brought back we think he's about to go on to the great beyond but what happens ladies because of this sacrifice as he's ascending into the great beyond, Counselor Jerry, bop, 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 you're going to get a second chance to live again because we're in the business of inspiration and you have now inspired us. Uh, yeah. So 
Joe is able to return to his body with this newfound appreciation for everyday life. We see him just take in this delicious breath of air when he's reunited with his body and steps outside his front door. Mm -hmm. Ladies, give me your final thoughts of this film. So I think finally for me, um, you know, just going back to soulmates, right? Like, I just was like, that's what the definition of it is. Like, he brought her from this dark place, right? Or 22 from this dark place. I, mm-hmm. I got you. I'm going to help you get, get what you need. And um, the fact that he escorted her down, that was just so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. It was mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then I really hope that because I, I know a lot of people have that revelation um, mostly when it comes from a near-death experience, mm-hmm. um, you know, oh, I'm going to be better, I'm going to be different, and unfortunately, you know, people fall into those same habits. I just was like, Joe, remember this. Yes. Live yes. your life. Yes. You know, soak in all of those moments, soak in the world, soak in everything, so, because um, that was the lesson that I wanted to take away from it, right? Like, mm-hmm. look up, look around you, Don't you think Joe was a glass half empty person? And hopefully after this, he's going to be a glass half full. He's going to have more gratitude for everything he has versus always looking at what he doesn't have. Mm -hmm. At least that's the hope. Yeah, right. Exactly. Delora? I did get emotional watching this film, Um, especially when you have that beautiful montage of him understanding what life actually is and it's that collection of the mundane moments right Mm -hmm. that we take for granted because but those are the things that we look most fondly upon even more so than the big moments (laughs) like graduation or promotion or what have you and um it just made me think about you know precious moments um (laughs) more more uh specifically thinking about my grandmother who recently passed and just remembering how she used to hold my hand and say honey or the small moments of um you know I have a toddler who was once very very small (laughs) not anymore and just cuddle cuddles whenever there's a boo-boo and and it just made me think about all those small moments and how I have been the type of person to overlook those things and say, Oh, that's just living right. Mm -hmm. Life is being on stage somewhere on spotlight, you know, Mm -hmm. and understanding it's like, no. And even then you have to have the small moments leading up to being able to be that person that, you know, could be on that stage under that spotlight. You still have to do, the hundred reps of whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, the, what, 10,000 hours to be an expert or whatever. It, it's still the small things that actually, that absolutely matter mm-hmm. more so than that big, big thing. So it just was a beautiful story. Definitely spoke to my heart mm-hmm. and um, really got me thinking. So yeah. I really yeah. appreciate that about this film. Yes. Thank you, Disney Pixar, for this adult animated <laughs> feature. 
like I said, it came as such a pivotal moment. I remember I didn't realize it was an adult animated feature until I had a conversation with a 15 year old. And she was like, Ashley, I didn't really like this movie. I was like, what? I love this movie. <laughs> and she really relates to me why. And I'm like, right, you're 15, right? You're not thinking these thoughts yet. You're not you know, wondering about what purpose means and what your life's going to look like. You have everything ahead of you mm -hmm. and your mortality is not something you relatively consider on any basis like you do as you start to get older, right? So um, I appreciated it. Like you just said, Delora, I think it helped me continue to appreciate things and hopefully I will continue to see films like this that reinforce it because to your point, Shamika, sometimes you do have those days you forget. Mm -hmm. And you like, this day is not going my way. F this life, you know, <laughs> and, then, and then you remember there are so many people without and there's so much to be mm -hmm. grateful for. And I want to live yes. in gratitude at all times right. um, because yes. that's so valuable and important. Guys, I have one final question. It's so petty. How did Mr. Mittens get back in his body? Because wasn't Mr. Mittens on the elevator to the great beyond? I thought the same thing. You know, this I'm did not cross my mind because like it's petty like i said it's petty <laughs> but i'm like excuse me how did you come back mr they, rec they, they rectified the situation clearly uh, they, they had, had to. to have because terry was going crazy about the number so they was like you know what let's just Let's just take it back. And then, and over under is right. Yeah, let's give this because for a pet, like that's just a therapist. I, that seemed like that was that lady's personal cat. So yeah. there was a connection. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, petty, but thank you guys so much, Shamika, for joining us for this recap. It was a pleasure. Love this film. Hope you guys have checked it out. If you have not, again, thank it is on you. Disney Plus. I think it's going to be released soon on Blu ray and DVD as well. So nice. You can purchase. Delora. What we got for Hidden Gems? All right. So Hidden Gems this week, to highlight African-American animators, um, Netflix Canvas is a short film, just like Hair Love last year. And um, I, I do not have the specifics, but I really thought it was a touching, beautiful um animated short highlighting a, a black family more uh, more specifically an african-american um man and a lost love so again beautiful beautiful short film also available to people who have netflix and um definitely worth the time to watch and my second hidden gem is on disney plus I'm going to refer to it as Brandy's Cinderella, <laughs> Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella 1997, uh, starring Brandy, Whitney Houston, Whoopi yeah. Goldberg. Mm -hmm. I, I talked about this briefly at the end of um, our podcast, a couple of podcasts ago, mm -hmm. um, gearing up for the day. And it, it came out, I believe, on the 12th, and I can confidently tell you that I've watched it over five times. <laughs> You're not alone. You are not. It is so good. It aged so well. The only yeah. issue is obviously the filming, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the picture isn't as clear as it mm -hmm. once was, but that soundtrack needs to be available okay why, agreed. why agreed. it's not i have no idea but it is fantastic there's probably a petition so if there is we'll sign it and then the last thing i'm going to say about this hidden gem the way that whitney houston hits that note mm. impossible
table. I'm like, this woman mm-hmm. gives me chills. Mm-hmm. Over the Whitney years. Houston. Okay. I, I mean, that woman is the voice for a reason. She's That's the goat. all I got to say. She is the goat. She's Those the are goat. my hidden gems. What I about you, Ashley? All alone in my own little chair. <laughs> wait, wait. I, my, my song, I was singing um, A Lovely Night. Yes. Guys, I was talking to Delora off mic. We both just were watching the Cinderella medley that Todger called it with Brandy. If you have not checked that out on YouTube, be sure to do so. Phenomenal. To see Brandy in her 40s now recreate this look, do this performance, it was that teared me up more than the film, rewatching I the cried. film itself. It was so nostalgic. I said it. I cried. Oh my because God. Because Brandy. Again, black don't crack, obviously, right? No, she looks, <laughs> in my opinion, she she's more beautiful better. than ever. She, yes. Exactly, more beautiful than yes. ever. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Yes. So that's that's why we're even a little more turned up. Um, I'm going to let Shamika go first, though, just in case Shamika Yay! has a hidden gem. Shamika, is there any hidden gem you want to share, girl? Feel so free. I, I thought about it long and hard because y'all know I don't, I don't get to watch TV as much as I would like to. But <laughs> I will... I'm just going to, I'm going to jump on a bandwagon because I love me some Cinderella. I have watched it. I was waiting for the moment that it dropped. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> so when it came out, I'm just, I just want Bear to love it so much. I put it on. He don't care. He doesn't care at all. Oh, but Amar um, does. Amar does so much so really quick that um, when uh, she leaves after midnight, she was like, where's Cinderella? Where's Aww. Cinderella? And I'm like, you know, Cinderella has box braids. <laughs> Listen, living her best life. My soul. Okay. Um, but um, let's see. So one thing that I just started watching, my cousin had put me onto it. Um, I haven't watched all of it, but Amend. Um, yes. For America. Yep, that Will Smith did. Yes. yes. That's a great gem, girl. I'm liking that because I mean, I personally like I I need to educate myself on my blackness and on my stance right don't we all and I need to know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about it so I just mm-hmm. love the education reporter like Will Smith is just first of all he is my man crush forever hey, well. <laughs> <Always>. <laughs> Always and forever. He's only Always getting and better. And that's available on Netflix. Is it a six part? I think five or six part yeah. documentary they on did Netflix. regarding the 14th Amendment. So mm-hmm. it's on my list, Shamika. That is a fantastic hidden gem. Thank, Thank you. you so much. So I just have two to wrap us up. My first one, just a cute little black love rom-com I came across on Amazon called Love by the 10th Date, starring Megan Good, V. Kelly Rowland, and Carrie Hilson, Megan Good actually mm-hmm. served as a producer on this film. Is this new or old? No, it's 2017. So okay. I caught it on Amazon and I think it's available on there through the end of the month because of Black History Month, but it's a lifetime film. So if you guys have oh, lifetime, I'm yes. sure it's on demand somewhere, lives somewhere, but it was very cute. Black love rom-com, got to support. Okay. My second hidden gem, being Serena on HBO. It dropped back in 2018, five yes. episodes. Follow Serena as she was navigating, first discovering she was pregnant right after winning her 23rd Grand yep. Slam title and trying to find balance as she got back into training to compete. I would still love a season two of this. Um, Same. I, I just really want to show Serena love because I know she had a pretty devastating loss mm-hmm. last week at the Australian Open. But Serena, I just want you to know you are the GOAT. Um, GOAT are. status. And you don't need another up. one. 
I mean, I know she wants to. She wants it the same with Tiger with the 19th when she wants to tie or at least surpass, either tie or surpass the the 24, which is the victory or the wins for women in women's tennis that I believe her name is Marjorie Court, something like that. I apologize if I'm wrong. Mind Um, you, wasn't playing this caliber of tennis when she did that back in the day, which is something that needs to be noted. At this age, the fact that Serena had a kid and came back within months, had a C-section and came back and played at high level tennis. I mean, again, I just want to show Serena some love because Serena, you did your damn thing. Don't hold your head up, baby. You are the GOAT, whether you get to 24 or not. So ladies, those are my hidden gems for this week. Yay! Okay, so I'm gonna throw this out there really quick. I actually watched Namaste Wahala on Netflix also. It is about a Nigerian woman falling in love with an Indian man. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, I really wanted it to be my hidden gem, but it's not because it's not a really good film. Oh. But the concept I loved, it, it, they even have a Bollywood. It's like when Bollywood and Nollywood like come together and the concept is there. The story plot is there. It's the editing, the music, oh. and um, overall acting. <laughs> so maybe the budget wasn't there. But yeah. we won't put this in the liner notes, guys. But obviously, you're listening. Feel free to check that film out yes. that yes. Delora just put yes. out there. It's definitely worth mentioning. That's all. <laughs> all right. Well, again, Shamika, love you. The third member of our girl group. It was so good to have you on the mic. I'm sure we'll have you back at some point in time. Guys, thank you for sticking with us. Next week will be episode 20. If you can believe it, Delora at 21, we're taking another shot. We are. Be Uh ready. Be ready. (laughs) All right, guys, we're getting out of here. See ya. Bye. Bye.